There must be a better way. There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. Hey, hey, hey. Forest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because... Real Church Matters. Real Church Matters. 2021, I told y'all, I'm just talking with folks in 2021, and I have the OG. (laughs) I got the OG with me. The OG, Antoinette Allen. How are you, Antoinette? I am doing well, Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I got the, the How OG. <laughs> I got the OG, Antoinette Andrews, with me. How are you? I'm good. You good? Please leave that in there. I, I, got, so I, don't, I don't edit. No, there's, yeah. there's no editing going on no more. There's no editing. I think that's cool. So now we don't got to talk about the fact that I'm married now. No. We don't have to talk about the fact you're married or that you are a mother of two beautiful children. We don't have to talk about none of that. We could just talk about the fact that you were here at the beginning. At the beginning. The first episode we did was called uh, the Valentine's Day Massacre. Was it? Yes, I know. I didn't even know I named it that. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. If you go on there, episode one, Valentine's Day Massacre... People have always been asking, when is Antoinette coming back on? Everything happens in God's time. And Absolutely. look at us. Look at us. We're we here. Her. We're here. <laughs> and w- before we get into it too much, uh, housekeeping. Realchurchmatters.com. Realchurchmatters.com. Yeah, realchurchmatters.com. Nobody Fancy. told me. Nobody told me that if you typed in realchurchmatters.com for the last three weeks, it went to a 404 page. For real? Yeah, because I, I had changed something and I didn't realize it. So, apparently it's not any of y'all that's actually going to the site. But uh, for those of you who haven't been going to the site or needed to go to the site, it works now. Yes, realchurchmatters.com has all the latest episodes it'll have this one which is like episode 162 or 163 161 160 this will be 161 oh yeah yeah this will be 161 shout out to Earl the last one that was great I've been getting a lot of good responses about it is it a a phone it started when you picked oh yeah there it is (laughs) Alright, so, oh man, we talked the, the music right off That's okay, that's okay I was supposed to say all the uh, home home stuff And then Real Church Matters is all of that And listen to it, like it, share it And obedience over audience, audience. You know I still say that though Absolutely, Yeah. since we have an audience Let's get to it let's It's one it. of the best Yeah, and cool. I like the way you have all your guests say it with you yeah, well, it's my secret little test because you know I'm a persnickety about who's listening. Yeah, so I just always do it because if a person's listening, so, they know it's yeah. what we do. You tried out a lot of stuff with me. That's how you kept me from being zoned out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Phil, you helped me to even when I preach now. Like I listen back to preach, and I'm like, I'm always trying to get people to fill in the blanks. They supposed to be listening, and I was just be like, and Jesus said. 
<laughs> it's just like door to explore. It's it, it seems like it works, but how are you? You might have to hold it because yeah, because you're a soft talk. It's okay. okay. There you go. Yeah, you can grab that or either one. So, how are you? I'm great. You're great. You're yeah. great. It's the best word I can use to describe. So, as we said, a lot has changed in your life, but um, for those of you who are uninitiated, don't know who she is, or haven't listened back to like the first two years of the podcast, and so that was kind of the impetus behind us even doing the podcast because mm-hmm. I, I kept telling her I was thinking about doing one, but then she kind of pushed the envelope with me because she was like, I want to do one about being single. Yeah. And I was like, we was talking about it and I said, you know what? Let's fire it up. Let's just go. I still have documents from my last day of work, which was the month before we started the podcast yeah. where I was like writing different ideas down and at one point, I was going to call it Likewise Life um, Church Girl Annie or something. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? But it's cool to kind of see like that I had something in me like pushing me to do it. Yeah. You know? no, Because it, it, that's it, not really normal for me. It wasn't. <laughs> and I really was riding that wave. Yeah. Because it excited me that you were getting excited about the word. And at the same time, you were doing the, uh, you did the... Um, the little thing for the girls, guarding yeah, our girls. Yeah. Like you were really passionate about doing all those things and, and riding that energy that way. Cause I really feed off of people and their, their energy towards God as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing I miss about church. If I miss anything yeah, is being around people who have the same energy about God and about the things of God. Absolutely. And, I, and it's refreshing to hear that because you hear so many people like, yeah, you know, COVID, it's good that we don't have church no more because we forced to have our own relationship with God and all this stuff. <laughs> and yeah, okay, that's true. But it's yeah. also, we miss that energy. Like, that, that yeah. is a real big deal. That's why he he told, he told commanded us to gather yeah. in the Bible. But that's why. And, and we're using the word energy, but literally there are scriptures to go along with uh, why we shouldn't forsake the assembling of people yes. together. Not so much going to church. I find that I'm seeking out people now Mm -hmm. because we still need that. Absolutely. I might not go to a church to get it, but I should always be trying to find people who are like minded, who that like minded thing galvanizes us, exhorts us, encourages us. It just pushes us. And, And part of that is needed. And so that's why I like the start of the year. I just was like. I'm going to go to as many people as I can and just have a conversation. I love it. Like and this was the vision. You know, we talked at first it was more just us two, but to know that this is what it turned into. Like I'm proud. I'm a proud listener. Yeah. I appreciate that. You, you're a founder. You, you know, you <laughs> want my coins at? I know. Right. <laughs> Whenever they come, I don't know. <laughs> when I see some coins, I'll, I'll flick one. I'll flick one over to you. <laughs> But uh, one of the questions I have for you, because, um, and I know you was like, oh, Lord, what are we going to talk about? But one of the questions I have for you is, <laughs> was just because you've been, you've been on that journey with me as far as my growth with God, you've been around me for a long time. But this is part, especially like the podcast, was part the, uh, of the journey that we shared. Mm-hmm. And so what about God? 
do you know now that you didn't understand in 2017 when we started this? Mm-hmm. What about God do you feel like it you didn't know then, but you are glad you know now? Um, I feel like um, I really learned that. Um, I feel like I really learned that, like, it's beyond a, like, it's possible to have an intellectual relationship with God, if that makes any sense. Like, it's a, it's. It don't, but that, you know, that's why we got podcasts, so you can explain <laughs> it. <laughs> so I feel like before, in 2017, at mm-hmm. that point in my life, I felt like, I feel like I was more intellectually in a relationship with God that's as far as learning the word reading about him you know baby woke up um reading about him and you know attending bible study and all I'm learning a lot but I felt I feel like the part where it's really that genuine part where you got to experience things you got to go through like real hard stuff yeah yeah that actually builds your relationship with God, I feel like that's where the shift kind of happened for me. Because I've been through things before that. That's not to say I've never been through anything. But I feel like... You didn't look to the scriptures to be an applicative thing. Mm, not in the way I should, yeah. I, th- I guess I'll say that. Yeah. So, so, and I'm, you, I'm just trying to help get an understanding. So, so you go into a kitchen. And a person can say, um, you know, I'm trying to open this jar. And they can try themselves. And then somebody will just say, well, you try. Or hand to somebody, they appear to be stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could tell that person when they hand it to me, like, no, if you just do this, you hit the bottom and you do all of that. It's like, there's a ton of ways to deal with something. But you're like, I never thought how much how important it is to use the word yes in ways that I've I've where it's second nature or more comfortable for me to apply the word as apply my own strength yes but I also feel like what I've gone through in these past three or four years have been like creating that neediness where it's like okay you got to like I know that's not the way you thought it was but now life is going to show you that this yeah. is the way you got to do it. Right. And I'm going to tell you, I've got to be honest. One of the things that annoys me about uh, Christianity is the fact that there are people who come to God trying to use the word as the quicker picker upper. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about We used to talk about that a lot. Yeah. yeah, because like when they come in, they say, you know, I'm having problems with this. I'm having problems with that. And then we always are trying to use the word as a salve or applicator to a situation. Yeah. And it's not either. It's not either. Yeah. What the word is uh, to be applied to or what the word is trying to clean up the mess of is not the external problems, but the perspective of the person in the problem. Yes. And I think that once we realize what it's trying to fix, we can apply the tool properly. I agree. And I think that's what you went through. And I think we were kind of sharing. We were simpatico in that way of our perspectives, because that's why that's how we were taught. Mm 
mm-hmm. <laughs> we come up in church culture that teaches us you going through whatever it is you're going through. There's a scripture for it. Mm-hmm. I, I used to say it. it's like there's an app for that. There's a scripture for, <laughs> there's a scripture that. for that. Like you I know, scripture for that. I'm suicidal, and you're like, oh, it's simple. Uh, keep your mind stayed on him, and he'll keep you in perfect peace. Yeah. And then you somebody sitting there, and they like. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The knife's in their hand. Jesus, Jesus. The pills are in their hand. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, I feel like the best way the word is kind of like the word. It's just God has to be revealed. Like you can learn the word and, you know, you can have that intellectual knowledge, but he has to be revealed. And it takes situations. It takes all kinds of different things to really get it. What drew you to the word in an intellectual way Um, in 2017 when we started this? I think think a combination of things. I think where I was in my life, like I just was kind of trying to find purpose. And like you said, we grew up in church. So it's like that instant like, oh, yeah, duh, this. Yeah. I think it was that. And the people I surrounded myself too with you. You know, yeah, it's my we fault. Were, <laughs> you know, you, that's what you taught me. Like. Yeah, it, and that's why I love that you brought that up because we shared like literally that. That's what I take away mm-hmm. is that listening to early episodes, your boy loved the word. I love breaking it down. I love finding the patterns in it, but it's like Sudoku. Yeah, exactly. And I don't. I know people don't like hearing <laughs> that. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's like that's a, where it was. It became a game yeah. for me, mm-hmm. an intellectually stimulating game. Yes, and that's. I feel like we were similar in that because I listened back to episodes. I'm like, I had no idea what I was talking. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds good, and I'm glad it was able to encourage people. Yeah. But I ain't even know. But <laughs> and, and it's not. It, and I love the fact that we we we're, we're talking about this because this. This is cathartic for me in some way. It's like the reality is, it's like I I always have a hard time explaining to people what a what growth in as a Christian looks like mm-hmm. because they consider me to be a rather mature person in the faith. It never looks the way you think <laughs> because they're going off of things like my nieces drew a picture of me. Mm-hmm. In the word bubble, it said Jesus. <laughs> that's not like something my daughter would do. It's like, that's Uncle Forrest. He's, they had my looks right. He's chubby. He got a little bit of hair on his face. He keep, he keep, he keep his hair cut low at the top. And he always think about Jesus. And he always talking about Jesus. Yeah. He, I, I love the way you said thinking about, but that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. Is that the... Knowledge of Christ didn't come, become the consciousness of Christ. Mm. So that's what I'm really talking about. Appreciate it because <laughs> I ain't know how to worry. About I know, but it's like we unveil this, you yeah. know. But th- th- that's the reality. It's like I realized being out of church, the the environment dictated my consciousness more than the God. Mm-hmm. So when I was in church. I was in the mind of church or in the mind of God or what I thought was God because it's not a church. <laughs> it's God, Jesus, it's all together. Yeah. It's like church is weird because it's like nothing else in that way. 
If I was a trash man, I go to work, I empty trash, I come home. I'm not still talking about trash. No, you got it all out. You did. I you did. Did, did that. He's not eating dinner like, honey, <laughs> you wouldn't believe the trash I saw the other day. It's like, no, he's not really doing that. He does. He wants to keep that there. But church is this thing where it feels like a job. But it also is immersive in the sense that it feels like a culture. Yeah. But neither the career or the culture of church creates the consciousness of God. Absolutely. No. Create. That's the important word. It doesn't create it. It can cultivate it. It can cultivate it, but it, but it doesn't create it. Create it. Mm-hmm. And what does it create then? And therein lies the problem. Some nasty things. Some nasty things. <laughs> <laughs> Real church matters. Some nasty things and it's hard for us to reconcile with that because it seems innocent it seems seems genuine just because you don't really you're not really doing anything bad per se you know you're you're not not, you really are i think most people really are trying in in their own way and in a comparative way i used to think about nasty stuff now i think about my lesson plan Exactly. To teach these kids. Exactly. So what's the problem with that? So as a 24-year-old, <laughs> I was like, man, just nine years ago, I was dealing, wrestling with some lust that was very effective, affecting to my life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about what I'm going to teach these kids. Yeah. I'm a changed man. Yeah. Even that, that notion of I'm changed. I I hear people say certain things about me now, and it bothers me. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, force has changed, and that's not true. For, take that D off. Take that E D off. Force is changing. Changing, yeah. Why am I saying that? Because when we live in a plateau of I've changed, we don't understand this. This is a consciousness. Yes. This is not a, a thing that I become. This is a thing that I am. And what you're saying is so profound because it eliminates that pressure to be perfect. Like, you know, you feel like because you're messing up or you're not doing the right thing, quote unquote. It's just like you feel like you're set back. This, and in marriage and all types of relationships, you feel like that a lot. You're constantly being challenged. You're constantly feeling like, you know, I'm messed up today. But it changes it changes you to the point where not you are accepting of your lack of perfection. It's you have redefined perfection. Yes. The I, ING, it makes the, it, the, the constant going of it. Because I'm open now to see that I'm wrong and I'm on a mission to change that. Yes. Every single day. And when I tackle one thing, that means nothing because I'm not attacking that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm attacking my consciousness. It's the way I perceive things. Yes. When I look at what's. Taste and see. He didn't say taste and like instantly be. He said taste and, and see. Woo. Real church matters. I got to drop. Yeah. Hey. He, he didn't say taste and see. I mean, he didn't say taste and be. He said taste and see. Because what we see is how we be. Yeah. As a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. As a man sees is how he thinks. Yes. We want to set our minds a certain way, but we haven't changed our mind set. <laughs> like, it's hard for us to realize, like, I'm not looking in the Bible no more for how to deal in finances. Yeah. I'm not looking in the Bible for marriage. I'm not looking in the Bible for relationships. There, I, 
why can't I find scriptures that explicitly speak to these things? Because you're only going to find scriptures that explicitly speak to changing a mind. Amen. And if you changed your mind, everybody in your life, not just a particular person, is going to be the beneficiary of that changed mind. Yep. So while we sitting in there trying to find, there's, there's no handbook on motherhood. Where's the scriptures for being a mother? And they'd, be, they'd touch your knee and be like, baby. Read Proverbs 31. <laughs> It'll tell you everything. Everything you need to know. No, it won't. Because yeah. the, the woman that he's describing in there is a woman that has assume, assumed a consciousness. Amen. She hasn't assumed a, a five-step, 12-step plan. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's hard because you don't, like we were saying earlier, you don't really feel like there's a change. You don't, it's not something instant. It's more just like. Can we talk about that for a second? Absolutely. <laughs> the, that, but that's where people miss church too. Because everything's a part of the accoutrement of making us feel away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I throw on a suit and I feel yep. important. Mm-hmm. If it's a nice suit, you feel important. Yeah, the right kind of worship service, you feel like you you really serving God. Like the, a clean house will change your dis- disposition. Mm-hmm. The, all the things that t- change our disposition, but don't change our consciousness. Literally, like we was, I was talking to Felicia about in her episode about therapy. Therapy is therapeutic mm-hmm. because it changes our disposition. Yes. It relieves momentarily. Momentarily. But since it relieves something, it just lets you know I didn't cure it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking the I'm eating drink eating Motrin and stuff. I got a toothache. I might not feel it no more, but if you put a microscope to that nerve, that nerve is still like (laughs) (laughs) it's going off. You just have detached yourself from it. Yeah. You have. That's our coping mechanism. People are in the Bibles trying to find things to cope when they should be trying to find things to change consciousness. I agree. So that that part of us being uh, wanting to feel like we're something more than be something. Mm -hmm. That part of us that, you know, especially during COVID, like there was about a three, four months where I was barely getting dressed. (laughs) (laughs) I was too comfortable like you get to that point where you just get comfortable and then all of a sudden you start feeling icky and you're like you know what I'm setting my alarm I'm gonna get up I'm gonna wash up get dressed because you realize your routine dictates your disposition Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people feeling that about the routine of church I was a person that barely missed church I ain't seen a church since September. Right. It started to wear on me. And I, I had to challenge myself like, uh, no, no, no. Something ain't right here. Yeah, no, I feel that way. I, I don't feel like that mainly because of me. I feel like that more because of my kids. I'm like, y'all need some some regular little dose of Jesus. Yeah. Like, like how I had. So, and it, But it's putting us in a it's putting us in a weird place. Yeah. The same way it's putting parents in a weird place to have to 
be more active and interactive with their children for their education. Which is sort of how it should be. Sort of how it should be. (laughs) This is another conversation. But now I can't rely on the pastors, the ministers, the surroundings of church, the fellowship of church, and the activities of church to make me feel close to God. Exactly. That my closeness with God, it should be defined by my consciousness Mm -hmm. and not by my acts. Yes. And we say this stuff, it's in the scriptures, and yet we still miss it yeah. because we don't see. And so that's the biggest thing that I took away from this time of starting the podcast to now is like, these are real church matters. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I could have did uh, five hour episodes on what was wrong with church because that was where I was at. Yeah, I was in that place where I was like, so knee deep in it. I'm so knee deep. And I'm like, this is wrong with church and that's wrong with church. And I'm like, now I'm like, who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Who cares what pastor is preaching all types of foolishness? The problem is, is that that whole culture is propagated on us feeling a way Mm -hmm. more than it is in us seeing a way. Mm hmm. It, which is being away. Yeah. It, I like seeing. Uh, let's keep it. Yeah. To see. We, we, we'll keep it to see. Because mm-hmm. with that in mind, what is it you see now in any regard? Just talk. Just this is almost open to whatever. But what is it about your seeing now? What are you seeing in the world, in yourself, in people, in relationships, whatever? What are you seeing now that you're like, man, I wish I saw this way back then. Hmm. Since we we just talked about the, the overarching theme of seeing and how the Bible is supposed to influence our seeing. Yeah. Influence our understanding, influence our consciousness. I got one, but I want to hear it from you. What is it that you're seeing now? You're like, if I saw it this way 10 years ago, I would have been a better help to people or better help to myself or whatever. I just feel like I I had more, I'm not going to say it was arrogance, but I, I had an air about me that I kind of felt like because of all the knowledge of God that I had, I felt like I had an upper hand kind of in life. Like, I could play around with this. I can do this, and I'm going to still be a believer because that's just my journey. You know, I talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now I've seen how nasty things could get, like how bad you can really, I can really go in my mind. Like I could really see myself doing some 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 wild stuff now. Yeah. And I think that that was important for my relationship with God because it's like, oh, I really do need you in a real kind of way. I love that. Love that because I literally was just listening to someone talk about how I they judge people be, based on what they know, hmm. and they said it's one thing to do something you didn't know was wrong. But it's a whole nother nasty thing when somebody do something and they knew it was wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I used to think that way, too. Until like, I realized it really? it's not that it's not that I'm never in interacting with adults that don't know what they're doing is wrong. I'm always interacting with adults that don't know what they're doing. Don't know the the actual weight of what they're the doing. weight of it. It's absolutely. Yes. They don't know the danger of what they're doing. Yes. They they do it. They know it's wrong, but they like, who does it hurt, really? Yeah. 
because they don't know what, you, what I'm just saying what you said. You said now I see the thing I thought was a breeze was a hurricane. Yes. It might not have the been thoughts a, I allow. Yeah. The, the company I allow all of that. You know, you you realize why people people make it like church people are so, you know, strict Spooky and scared. And yeah, it's just like, but no, you do got to be watchful. It's not to say you got to be scared, but you got to have some type of awareness that. You know, you are sub, sub, sub what is it? Susceptible. Subjective. Susceptible yeah. is good, and you're to also all subjecting kinds of things. yourself. And don't think because you know God and Jesus that don't mean that you are above that stuff. That's the other thing. That's that's the thing that I see that that I wish I saw then. Yeah. Because even as I was, I was witness and privy to a lot of nastiness. Yeah. That happened in church, mm-hmm. and the whole time I used to look and say. That's a shame that happened. But I had those. I see now, like, Forrest, you were 24. You were 25. You are a grown man. You could have spoke up. Yes. You could have said something. Mm-hmm. This, These things didn't need to happen on your watch. On your watch, yeah. What do you mean my watch? I, I'm not, I didn't have no title. We're not talking about titles here. We're talking about people who said that they are obedient to God. Yep. There's no jurisdiction in heaven. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? When you are called to something, there is no bounds that anybody can stop you yep. from standing up for what is right. Yes. So I go back now and I look at all the things I let happen. I let happen, even though everybody would let me off the hook. Absolutely. And say, that had nothing to do with you. You need to mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. You watch these things and you don't speak up and you don't stand for truth. And the biggest thing is you say you care about people. You say you care about them, but you watch them be manipulated, misused, abused, and you you just let it happen. Mm -hmm. Now that I see that, that's just like you're saying. It's like my understandings of what it means to be on watch, to stand guard, to be a minister, to be a protector of the truth. It's to be a lover and a protector of people and their souls yeah. and speak up against it. You know, I, I, I love this conversation we're having because our understandings influence our actions. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you didn't understand as a young person, you like now nah, understand why mama did this. I understand yeah. why Mama Hall did this. I understand why the Bible says this, says what well, touch not. Taste not the unclean thing. Yeah. Not because it's going to do something immediate to your life, but because it does something immediate to your mindset. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's where I feel like it's challenged as a parent mainly. I feel like because it's just like you it's like you don't want to keep them from everything, but it's like you do. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want them exposed, you know, by the time they're too old and then they don't even know. Because I think about my experience, I'm like, dang, I wasn't aware of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish somebody would have taught me maybe a little more. Yo, this is a good conversation. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin hit me up with a question. He said, if it's good for us to know things, why did God want uh, want to protect us from the, the tree mm. and the knowledge of good and evil? Mm-hmm. And I just challenged him and I asked him, what did we gain from that tree mm-hmm. that we you feel like you should he shouldn't be hiding that from us and he shared his perspective but one of the things i explained to him is i think the only thing we gained is the knowledge of self 
Yeah, awareness of self. Of self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were aware of God. We walked with him. Mm-hmm. They didn't hide behind a bush and say, I'm hiding because you're God. I didn't realize how much God you are. Right. No, they said we're naked. Yeah. He gave us more awareness of self. Awareness of self has been the, the impetus behind all the stupid things we do. You make me think of the show. You watch 30 Coins? 30 what? 30 Coins. No, I don't know what those 30 Dang, Coins You got to watch it. It's on HBO. It is? Yeah. But it's... Uh, I'm not going to go there with I'll, that. I'll watch it. I'll yeah. watch it. It's only three episodes in, but you'll when you see that final episode, you'll be like, I know what you was going to try to yeah. compare it to. Okay. But yeah. What? Go ahead. I'm to sorry. Compare, compare. So it was a priest, and the priest, basically, he was in preschool, mm-hmm. and they were showing him how to, like, take out demons. I know this is really weird. No, no. How to take ahead, out, how to, you know... Get demons out of Exercise a person. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, why don't we just listen to what d- the devil is saying so we can learn about him, so we can know how to defeat him. Yeah. And the priest was like, no, get out the class. That's not how we deal <laughs> with it. He was like, you got to cast it out. And I just thought of that comparison when we was talking about that. Like, Absolutely. Does that knowledge really help? Does it help? Did knowing more about me help me in my relationship with God? Because I get what the brother was saying. That, that knowledge of me serves me in some way. Yeah. But. Because how can you be watchful of something you don't really know what it is? You know what I mean? Right. Gotta, but in this way, I'm never looking at this as something to be aware of in a danger sense. It's like when a kid is finally aware that that little thing between their legs ain't just for PP. Right. It's like they don't say. Oh, this is not just for pee-pee? I better watch out. <laughs> I better be mindful. No, they like, this has a this is a tool in which I feel like I need to understand how to use it. Yeah. That's why they tell you don't buy a gun. And teach you the rest. Right. <laughs> they tell you don't buy a gun because people with guns use them. You know what I mean? You're not going to have a gun in your hand and not use it. Exactly. The awareness of self gave us the gun. And we we came out the the gates blazing. I mean, their children, their son murdered their other son. Within one generation of being aware of self, this young man was aware of how he felt about his brother and could not shake that. Mm -hmm. So much so that God told him, sin is crouching at your door. He had this conversation with this God, not the way we do where he actually saw the guy and still could not get beyond his emotions and killed his brother. That's what awareness of self has done to us. The Bible has in every word from the beginning to the end of it is trying to reverse and to get us back to an awareness of who God is more than awareness of how we feel. Yeah. So really what you're saying is like, it's, it's not like a harm really in knowing self or like, being exposed to those things, but it should knowing God and the knowledge of God should overshadow that. It should, but it is hard to, it is what we wrestle with that we did not have to wrestle with before. Yeah. The biggest hurdle to God is self. The biggest hurdle to having a consciousness is keenly aware and acutely designed to lean towards God is the fact that we are keenly aware and acutely designed to lean towards self. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean mm-hmm. not to your own understanding. If there was no understanding of our own, there would be no problem trusting in God. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. while Kevin was looking at it as, man, this awareness is has an appreciation to it, has something appreciative to it. I look at it as it did nothing but depreciate our relationship with God, though. Hmm. It did nothing but depreciate it. the relationship yeah. with God. It it added to us. Yeah. Because now I know the home that I'm in. I'm in this body and, oh, look at how this feels. And I, you know what I feel? I feel ashamed. Let's hide. Oh, it's really that co- old concept of, like, does good really exist without evil? It's like, does God, is God really real to you if you're not aware of, like, how messed up you are? Yeah, but. Can he really be real to you? That's the, that is the pathway to salvation. But that's not our intentional design. You get what I'm saying? What you just described is, and which is a very hard thing to do, is to get a person to recognize their wrong Mm -hmm. so that they can see the need for salvation. Mm. But that doesn't come innately through self-awareness. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Because you'd be like, man, I kind of, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. That ain't that bad. That is the initial. initial, (laughs) I like this. Yes. The initial react, even when we down on ourselves. Yeah. So I think that is that reality is like, we are, we are self-aware and it is the enemy to God awareness. Absolutely. It is. And, And this brings it full circle to the way we started the conversation. It's like that awareness Dude, I'm talking about that you came to from 2017 to now mm-hmm. is you on a journey of God awareness. Absolutely. And we as a church, whatever that church is going to look like, starts at home. Like you said, even as a parent, you're not trying to protect. Don't look at it as that as you're protecting them from anything. But you are raising an awareness in your children. In awareness of what? God. Because that's the only thing that has to be nurtured and taught. Raising an awareness of self. These people know about. I, I still am baffled when people say they need time to figure out who they are. You know who you are. Yeah. The only thing you don't know is how you feel at any given moment. Exactly. Which tells you everything you need to know about yourself. You Tell all over the place. Period. Right. And some people are too busy to know how they feel. That's true. But that is a, a great discussion to have. It's like, do I need to know what the devil is trying to do? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to know the specifics? Do I need to have these conversations? Do I, I don't know if I needed to know that. Or even how you were saying, like, I was very, you were very protected from certain things. Yeah. Did you need to know those things? You need to it's know hard them. To say. Especially kids nowadays when you have. YouTube teaching your kids things that you just like, where did you even learn that from? Yeah. And it's just like, it's like that balance. Like we talking about, how do you keep them like protected, but aware at the same time? I don't like people asking me questions on my podcast, Sorry, but that's a good question. So we got to answer it. Part of the thing is, it's, it's something that's going on really in my life. Like really, I got to say it. I'm going to say it very quickly before I overthink it and mess it up. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. It's important for us to not, it, it, it was just because the headphone is out. So if the microphone's close to the headphones, yeah. but it's important for us to challenge ourselves to understand it. There are certain things that kids are going to be made aware of. 
because they're they are a part of what Adam and Eve are part of. Yes. The Pandora's out the box. There's an awareness of self that's gonna happen whether they went to school or saw YouTube. I didn't have none of that stuff. And you yeah. And I in my own curiosity and exploration. Absolutely. I found out about myself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So the reality is, is how do I show them self through the God consciousness? Mm-hmm. How do I make them aware of themselves? Because see, I feel like God made them aware that they were humans. Mm-hmm. I think that he had a problem with the awareness they obtained on their own. Like he said, who told y'all you were naked? I don't like that. I don't like that you are aware of that. I don't need you to be aware of that. They don't you we don't need people to be aware of the flaws. We need them to be aware of what is good about even the thing that is bad. So we still talking about the same thing. We, yes, we, we are. just talking about it doing it with kids. You teach them how to have a God consciousness. A God about, everything. about everything. Because everything was created by God. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with you knowing about sex. I have a problem with you. Taking a self-awareness to sex instead of a God awareness. Mm-hmm. So when I, I didn't need at 15 years old, I didn't need somebody to sit me down and say, Forrest, that is, <laughs> that is, I'm about to say it, that is a vagina. Obedience over Jesus audience. After dark. Jesus after dark. <laughs> For us, that is a penis. Jesus after dark. No, I don't need anybody to tell me those things. I didn't need them to tell me at 15. Yeah. What I needed somebody to tell me is, Forrest, this is how you should see those things. Mm-hmm. This is how your consciousness should be towards those things. Yeah. This is how you should approach them through the eyes of God. That righteous consciousness is what I lacked. Mm-hmm. The world taught me everything I need to know. By the time my parents had a talk, I already had many a talk at the lunch table. <laughs> That's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the people that ta- had to talk with me, birds and the bees talk, was people the same age as me. And my experience was completely different. I was like 18, but it was like so shocking. I right. remember just being shocked that this has been going on around me and I had no idea. Like, <laughs> It was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it, but, and we, we don't see how, and I've talked, I've been a youth minister. I've talked to parents was like, well, you don't have to talk to my children about that because I handle that. And I'm like, I, I don't want to talk to your children about sex. They talking about it. They talking about it. <laughs> they bringing it up in the conversation. Exactly. I just came here. I want to tell them a story from the Bible. <laughs> they like, yeah, I, um, I read that David was looking at Bathsheba naked, and I deal with that because yeah. I like looking at people naked. So how do I deal with that? No, that's real. That's they want to know. Man, that's that's kids. kids. And here I am. And it's such a natural yearning for that. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, they just naturally just, I mean, I know why, but yeah. it's just natural. It's a natural. And we, and we even have to deal with them on the reality of that. Yep. That's where we talk about perfection. That's the problem. Yeah. Is we we create a perspe- <laughs> we create a perception where we make it seem like that uh these things are wrong. Right. And they're not. So I remember being that kid that was like mad at myself, like, why am I thinking like this? Why am I 
Why am I link, leaning towards this stuff? I'm surrounded. There must be something wrong with me. Something has to be wrong with me because I don't hear anybody else talking about this stuff. Yeah. Nobody else is talking about it. Mm-hmm. So if nobody else talk about it, then they must have the strength to not deal with it. Exactly. And why is it that I'm jacked up like this where I do? Mm-hmm. All I need is somebody to tell me. I do. But if the church too scared to talk about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they out the way right now. So <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even got to worry about that right we now. We don't even got to worry about that. They but got we, their own stuff to do. Their own with. stuff. But the, the, so I don't need to hold the church accountable. I need to hold force accountable. Are you talking to your nephews? Yeah. Are you talking to your nieces? Mm-hmm. Are you talking to your sisters and brothers, their aunts and uncles, to the grown folk who, who still probably have a, a self-aware perspective of things God created? Yeah. Are you talking with them about this stuff? Are you having conversations? These conversations you said need to be amplified. <laughs> so you want to put them on your podcast, but you in the quiet of your home and in your regular life, you're not talking with people? Yeah. That's right. Spent the majority of of my adulthood and the majority of your teenagehood talking with you. Absolutely. But did I, am I keeping that going with other young people? Am I challenging people? Do you know what I'm saying? I need to. I need to. Yeah. And then even me, like I hear myself talk, I'm like, I sound like Forrest. <laughs> like, I don't know what. Ew, bro, shut up. <laughs> it's good because I think that's the other thing. I didn't do a good job of letting people know how much I felt ill for shut up. Yeah. But powered through it. It's important because you, yeah, definitely Be- made it seem like it just was. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah. So people think that you really just try and get your rocks off. They think you want to talk about this. I would rather sit with people and talk about the inauguration or football or my favorite movies. I would love to talk to people about that. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying earlier, when you get an awareness that there are things going on that must be addressed and that are adversely affecting people even though they don't see it is mm-hmm. so you see people on a such a small perspective they like how you doing well i'm fine but my marriage is horrible uh this is good and i love that we kind of talked about a lot of things but to give it a, a kind of a jerry's final thought i think that our maturity has been gained by our perspective and I feel like I was so blessed to be afforded time to gain a perspective. Absolutely. To spend spend time with all of the people that, that have been in my life, including you. And those times have helped me. They give me perspective. They help me to form a clear view of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And where I'm going and where you're going it's clear when we understand what we're trying to deal with now. And you like, I'm not trying to fix the world around me no more. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, to solidify who I am in the midst of those things. The boat can't stop the storm. The boat need to be ready for the storm. That's right. And so, RJ getting his first, his first podcast credit. <laughs> there you go. You got it. Yeah, Jesus after dark, man. He jamming. <laughs> he don't know nothing about that. He don't know nothing about Jesus after dark. Leave my baby. I'm protecting my no. son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me at him. Let me at him. He's God, with it. He's, he's really with it. He's like, yeah, this Jesus the dark stuff sound interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna keep him away from his uncle. <laughs> But I appreciate Antoinette. I think we 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 helped some people. Hopefully, we helped them. And I will be bugging you in the near future again. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. You did. I missed this. It's cool. You did. I miss you too. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody that been bothering me. Are you happy now? <laughs> Are you happy now? I feel like you're talking maybe like one person. One person. <laughs> Yeah, one person. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that one person. Love you it. better you better play this one a billion times. <laughs> All right, real church matters. Obedience over audience. Episode one sixty two. Self awareness. Am I gonna call it that? Because I just had one. I literally just had one when it's talking about awareness. But I think it was talking about another type of awareness. God awareness, or is that too? I think that's what we'll call this one. God awareness. I'm with it. I'm with it. Real Church Matters. We out of here. Before we close this episode, I just wanted to make sure that uh, we share our hearts and our prayers with Regina McLean and her family. Uh, she was a listener. She was a part of my discipleship class. Um, she always was honest. She always had questions. Always honest. <laughs> um, and uh, those people, those people that are in our lives that we have an opportunity to impact in some way. That's why we can't waste those moments. I don't feel like I wasted a moment that I had with her. Um, just encouraging her, building her up. You know, her sudden loss is impacting people in a greater capacity. And I want to keep them in mind as well. Her son uh, and everybody who spent time with her. Um, I'm thinking about you guys as well. Yes. Um, Just wanted to make sure we note that. Did you want to say anything? I just wanted to um, just make sure we acknowledge, you know, her existence and just how great of a person she was and, you know, and prayers to her family. Absolutely. I will continue to pray for them and their strength. Absolutely. So uh, we loved her. Um, I'm glad to have known her and glad to have given her something that may have helped her along the way. Amen. Amen.